step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. As you move into your older and wiser years, you may have questions about your finances, your health, or what to do for fun. Besides watching young people try to figure life out. Oh, man, this guy's a mom. The next hour is dedicated to you. Only the good die This is 50 Plus with Doug Pike. Because women never age, and old school will always be cool. 50 Plus, brought to you by the UT Health Consortium on Aging. Informed decisions for a healthier, happier life. Now, here's Doug Pike. Welcome yet again. God, I can't believe they're still paying you to get an education and things that matter to seniors. Welcome to this week's edition of 50 Plus on, what, the third pretty fall day in a row? I don't know how long you've lived around here, but if you've lived here long enough, you know to savor every day we get like this. And that's going to that's gonna run till Christmas or so, and any day could be cold enough to turn on the heater in the morning, hot enough to need some air conditioning in the afternoon. Or, as you all know, both. And then we'll have January, and and then we're all going to hold our breath from February 1 to February 28. Lordy, I hope next year's not a leap year. I don't think I can hold my breath for 29 days. All month long, wherever you go, you'll probably hear people mumbling, please stay on electricity, please stay on electricity. And if you do, there's a fair chance that might be me. So onward through the show we go. In the front end here, we'll speak soon with Dr. Ronald Asierno about post-traumatic stress disorder and how deeply it affects the men and women who serve this country and its military. And from what I've heard, PTSD isn't only an issue for combat veterans. For some service personnel, the intensity of the training and the stress that results from handling potentially dangerous weapons and equipment, all of that can sometimes be enough to change these young people. The final two interviews this week are going to focus from different perspectives on changing our perception of what's important to store in our brains and what's not. The themes are going to be pretty similar, but the approaches of my two guests to handling the clutter and white noise and and trash we're bombarded with daily are quite different. I'm guilty sometimes of giving minor issues major attention, but I'd like to think that just recognizing that tendency in me has kind of put me on a better path than I was on a while back. Rather than just fret and wring my hands, I've decided to just fix what I can fix, ask for help when I need it, and not let other people's petty stuff drag me down. If I can do all that at some point, I'll probably add years to my life. We are still a month and a half from setting and ultimately breaking our New Year's resolutions, but I think this is going to be mine. This just dumping of all this trash and mess is going to be my resolution for 2022 and jumping on it early gives me time to figure out where the potholes are on this road and give me a way to drive around them while i am thinking about it on a more positive note how about those astros huh how about those astros 
Five straight trips to the league championship series. Three World Series appearances in five years. I'm not, well, I am disappointed that they lost, but I'm not especially surprised, honestly. And not because Astros weren't a good team. The bunch we sent to the World Series was a great team. The difference in this series was that our bats just went absolutely flat as roadkill. We managed to scrape out a couple of wins when we did get some pop, and our pitching wasn't as bad as the scores made it look, but most of the guys just went ice cold at the plate, and some of that has to be credited to the Braves scouting and pitching. They knew where to throw the ball to keep it off our bats, and they did a good job of it. And I wouldn't be surprised to see both teams back in the World Series again next year. So time now for one of the highlights from this past week's edition of 50+. Plus. Brought to us, as always, by Oscar Health Insurance, making a healthier life more accessible and affordable with plans to match the unique needs of its members. This past week, I spoke with Dr. Peggy Dietermeyer about the strain on caregivers throughout the world, a category that includes family members, healthcare workers, first responders, really anyone else who spends most of their time taking care of someone else. When asked how she addresses burnout in family caregivers, she had this to say. One of the things that we emphasize for caregivers is that they take care of themselves because the statistics are pretty scary about the caregivers getting ill, becoming disabled, or dying before the people they're tending to. That's horrible. And so um, if we don't take care of ourselves while we're taking care of others, we put ourselves at risk. It's, it's kind of like the oxygen mask on an airplane, what they tell you to do before every flight. If you've got kids with you and those oxygen masks comes down, that mask comes down, put yours on first and then help the kids. Absolutely. Mm. That is the metaphor that's frequent, yeah. that we use frequently with caregivers. What are the... I've so- had- Go ahead. I I will always ask people, what are you doing to take care of yourself? Mm-hmm. And they start saying, oh, well, not really much. And, and I look at them and I say, what will happen to your loved one if something happens to you? And they get this funny look on their face. That is such an important question. If something happens to you, what will happen to your loved one? That was Peggy Dietermeyer brought to you by Oscar Health. And I bet they have people who could help with that sort of thing. When you join Oscar, you get a team of care guides, a registered nurse, a social worker, all of whom are there to help and answer your questions. They even offer urgent care on most plans so you can speak with a doctor when urgent issues arrive 24-7 at no cost. To find out more, go to HiOscar.com. That's HiOscar.com. We are fast approaching the end of this segment on the way out. One more hooray for the Astros. I certainly hope they can find a way to keep Carlos Correa, but I'm not mm, I'm not so sure they can. And even if they can't, the Astros are still going to have a great team next year. There's great golf coming up this weekend at Memorial Park with the Houston Open. And if you can stick around, you'll hear three great interviews coming up. More 50-plus and some great opportunities to learn about ourselves and about ways to improve ourselves right after this. Now, they sure don't make them like they used to. That's why every few months, we wash them, check his fluids, and spray on a fresh coat of wax. This is 50-plus with Doug Pike. Welcome back to 50 Plus. We'll talk in this segment about something that's been on my radar lately because I helped draw a pretty good crowd to support the cause 
at a golf tournament this past week out at Meadowbrook Farms Golf Club in Katy. The cause is PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, and it affects tens of thousands of veterans returning from combat halfway around the world. To talk about this, maybe let us know what even we might be able to do to help. I'll bring in Dr. Ron Asierno, Vice Chair of Veterans Affairs in the Department of Psychiatry and Behavioral Sciences and Executive Director of the UT Health Trauma and Resilience Center at McGovern Medical School. Welcome aboard. Thank you for having me. You bet. My pleasure. So military service, especially actual combat, has got to be, it's just got to be one of the most frightening occupations on the planet, right? Well, yeah. I mean, they risk their lives for our freedom, and uh, it's not fake. It's not video games. It's the real thing. You got young men and women going to places they probably never thought they'd see, and and certainly are not excited about the process prospect of of being shot at on a daily basis. But but there they are, right, serving their country as you mentioned, and and just seeing and feeling and and going through all kinds of unthinkable things. Is that a fair assessment of what that's their introduction to battle? Well, it, and it may be, but you have to also understand they, they deal with very dangerous equipment. They do very intense training. There's a lot of aspects of military service that uh, are difficult and sometimes traumatic. Um, they're, they're, they're dealing with very dangerous weaponry, and uh, there are accidents. So I, I want to I point out that just because combat in, in missions in many places are ending, we're still going to have to attend to these problems, plus all the problems that resulted from combat. But, yes, you got that right. These are the, there's no way to prepare for somebody shooting at you. No, you know? no. Um, and, and there's no way to prepare for somebody tr- uh, trying to blow you up with, in a crowded marketplace. And uh, once people have experienced this type of thing, it's hard to reset to safety, so to speak, when you come back. It's hard to recalibrate uh, in, in the natural environment. You talked about playing golf. When you're, when you're, when you're driving in 20-mile-an-hour crosswinds, say that's combat, when you go out the next day and there's no wind, you got to recalibrate your shot, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's the same. Sure. It's the same th- same thing for these guys and gals coming back. They're they're in a they're in dangerous situations, and so their bodies get calibrated for danger, right? You're always hyper alert. Sure, you're always ready for danger. And then when you come back into into civil society, you might you might still be calibrated for danger. Because the situations look the same, you go into a crowded store, there's people all around you, there's people yelling and bumping up on the highway. So it sure seems like it could be a dangerous situation, and, it, and, and that's what we call PTSD. When you have that fight-or-flight response, that calibration for danger, but you're no longer in a dangerous situation. And it doesn't just shut off sometimes. And that, that's what we try and help people do is to help shut that off or recalibrate, I should say. Is it, is it fair to say, Dr. Asierno, before we go any farther here, let, let's recognize that soldiers returning from battle have wrestled kind of with this same demon, demon, even though we may have called it something else, pretty much since battles began, right? That's right. It used yeah. to be called chill shock mm-hmm. or, or war neurosis. Um, but this is, this is a longstanding condition it's it's been around since since the beginning of of conflict and uh the good thing is more recently there are treatments now we don't cure people we don't make it go away like it never happened that would 
that wouldn't be right, and that would be odd, right? That mm-hmm. would be weird. These are very important events in a person's life. But what we do try and do is make make it go from overwhelming memories to very bothersome memories, and we'll take that. That's yeah. about as good as we're going to get. These things will always really severely bother people, but they don't need to overwhelm people. They don't need to keep them from having a, a happy marriage or a productive work life or a, or a good education. We can help with that. Um, and that's sort of our target. I would suspect. That, yeah. Go ahead. That's different from in the past, you know, 50, 60 years ago when we really didn't have very good treatments. Mm-hmm. I would suspect that there are members in this audience who maybe served in Vietnam or Korea who came home that way and are still kind of holding on to some of that and are maybe too proud or too scared to admit that that still bothers them. Is there help available to veterans of previous wars? It, does it, or does it, what's available to those people now? Absolutely. There, there is. And, and Texas and Houston have a lot of services available for veterans. So my center, the Trauma and Resilience Center at UT Health, um, that is, uh, has free services for veterans of, of all conflicts mm-hmm. and all services. Um, and all time frames. And when I say conflicts, I should widen that out. Veterans of all services, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of veterans who have post-traumatic stress disorder or anxiety and depression secondary to, to accidents or secondary to being away from family for years at a time. Um, I got cousins I haven't seen for three years who are in the Navy who get deployed, and, you know, it's, it's, it's tough when they're across the world. Um, so we we try and build back those sources of social support. We identify areas of avoidance and help people get over that. We're, like I said, we're never going to take away the bad memories, but we do have free short-term behavioral action-focused treatments for both the young and the old, men and women. That's fantastic. There, there's considerably more attention being paid to mental health in general in this country, and that's great news, but the conditions and needs of veterans tend to run a little deeper don't they, to be somewhat unique? I, I think so. I, I think that, uh, you know, most of us, if we're going to have a traumatic experience, meaning something like a, a car accident or maybe you get jumped and mugged at night, that's a single event, right? It right. happens. You, you get help. It's isolated. But in combat, it keeps happening, right? Oh, that, gosh, it's yeah. not a one-day tour. It's not, oh, you somebody shot at you. Well, you're done. You're good. You go home. No. So combat's a little bit different. It's it's a repeated type of exposure mm-hmm. that can really, and that's why we worry about these guys and gals, because it's a little bit different than your single accident or your single mugging. Those are horrible. And anyone who's been through it can tell you that it's traumatic, and they can get PTSD, but not do that over a period of, four or five deployments mm-hmm. wow so, it can so, build up so for somebody who's suffers now from ptsd but maybe he's trying to pull him her himself or herself together without getting any real help what are the symptoms that you and i could look for that would would encourage us to say hey you need some help great point social isolation and withdrawal yeah not doing things you used to do if you like, if you used to like to go out and watch the game with a group of people, but now crowds jumping up make you want to get the hell out of there, then that's a good sign you need to get some help. If you're avoiding doing things that you used to like to do 
or hanging out with people that you used to like to hang out with when you've come back from deployment or something, or, or if it's been that way for 20 years, if you're an older veteran, that's a problem. That, that means that uh, you fall for our freedom, and now your freedom to enjoy those things has been taken away. And I, I want to go ahead and, and I'm going to let you tell this audience the answer to, well, it's not a question, it's just a statement, but uh, th- telling somebody with PTSD that it's just in their head and they ought to shake it off now that they're back home and that's how to deal with it, that's not a good plan, is it? Well, it's not helpful, and that's probably what mm-hmm. most of these guys and gals tell themselves. Yeah. And, that's a, and, and the point is that we have these services available to help you shake it off, to help you get past it. But it's not just a matter of shaking it off. Right. There's specific things you can do. There's specific strategies that you can take. You've got to have a battle plan. You don't just go out and say, they don't just go out and say, go win the battle. No, there's training, there's a battle plan, there's behaviorally specific things that you learn how to do. And and then you go win the battle. Well, it's the same thing here. We want you to win the battle, and yeah, you got to shake it off, and yeah, you got to get back into the game. But there's a way to do that, and that's what the treatment is. The treatment's low on, short on talk, and high on action, and high on behavioral change, and high on leveraging community support and social support. And that appeals to a lot of the veterans. And we we actually also have programs for first responders who again, are in repeatedly traumatic situations. Many of our first responders are veterans, but that's the other, you know, characteristic of first responders and veterans. They both have to keep on dealing with this stuff that we hope to never have to deal with or maybe once. So, um, but, but like you said, it's not helpful to just say, well, you need to get out there and shake it off. I mean, that's probably right. They do need to get back into society, but there's a way you do it. And that's what we help people achieve. And how many how many people are are affected by PTSD in this country? Is there a number? Is there a percentage of returning veterans, maybe, or or what? Well, the percentage of people in the general population is two or three percent. Okay. At any given time, of veterans, it's closer to fifteen to twenty percent. Mm. Now, some estimates go up to thirty five percent, but I'm going to target it closer. Fifteen to twenty percent really have PTSD, but but about another twenty or thirty percent have symptoms. Okay. Things just aren't like they used to be. Right. And those people can also be helped. You don't need the full-blown disorder. It's not like it's an on or off. It's like you have it a little or you have it a lot. But if you have it a little, it still can affect your, your quality of life. I certainly so, can. Doc, I, I hate uh, to tell you, but I'm out of time. I appreciate no it so much. Yeah, this is a very fantastic, um, fantastic interview. More to come on 50+. plus. Stick around. I think you're going to like Thank it. You. Aged to Perfection. This is 50 Plus with Doug Pike. All right, welcome back to 50 Plus, and thanks to Dr. Paul Sudier for shedding some light on the aging process. We'll talk now about an an interesting twist on improving ourselves that that actually embraces who we are right now and makes that part of us even better by stripping away the things that are holding us back. And with that, I hope I've got this right. I will gladly welcome Rob White, author of The Maestro Monologue to 50 Plus. Thanks for your time, Rob. Well, thank you, Doug, and you did get it right. Oh, thank goodness. Anybody who wanted to reinvent themselves certainly had a a golden opportunity for that during 2020, didn't they? Oh, absolutely. Uh, as a matter of fact, as Napoleon Hill had said, out of every adversity, there is the seed of an equivalent good. Of course, that's a seed you've got to nurture. With COVID, we all have the opportunity to slow down and take a look at ourselves and uh, see what we put together that we call ourselves. That's, a very that's good. what my book is really about. Doug. I'm 77, going on 57. Good for you. 
plan to live to 99, and I get nature could decide differently, but in, with my attitude, my mood, my energy, my passion, and uh, I wrote a book called The Maestro Monologue, talking about the, the other self. What I found, uh, Doug, is there's two of us. There's the I am that I am when I was born, this enthusiastic, curious, passionate, loves life. And then there's the intruder, the unwanted mental house guest that shows up in the terrible twos. It's born. We're born two years before it, but during the terrible twos, it is born. And we've seen it in anybody. No one ever gets rid of the intruder, but you can learn to deal with it and be free from it. And what's most important, I find... For people who are 55 and plus, it shows up a lot more. Mm-hmm. They've got an aching knee, and all of a sudden they start thinking all kinds of other things about themselves that are wrong, not only physically, but what did I do with my life? What, what am I going to do? Is my life over? Oh, my God, what about this? That's the intruder. It never stops. And on the other hand, uh, there is a way you have to look at it, though. That's the difference, Doug. You've got to be willing to look right at that self that isn't you, that you think is you. That self that loves to upset you. Mm-hmm. And especially when you get older, I have a lot of friends who start giving up. And that self, when you start giving up on life, it starts showing up. No doubt. No doubt. And so, uh, yeah, that's what, uh, that's what I'm about now, Doug. That's what my book's about, The Maestro Monologue. Uh, and in the book, I have a, I talk about the intruder, how he gained power in your life, uh, and what you can do. Most self-help books tell you to go right to affirmations. Oh, sure. Unfortunately, what I found after 77 years of living and being very successful, I, lived, I was born on a, after being very unsuccessful. I was born in a small <laughs> mill town became a weekend alcoholic, just a weekend alcoholic, but a weekend alcoholic, uh, and uh, didn't do much with my life until about age 38, and I realized I was wasting my life. And I realized there was an I am that was there making all my decisions for me. I had these dreams, but I never, I never dared to step out, pull the trigger, step into the unknown, take a chance. And I had all the perfect reasons why I shouldn't. Well, make a long story short, I be, I be made millions and millions in real estate, and I had no contact with real estate, no connections, never took any courses. And I made millions in a restaurant business, had no contact with restaurant business people, no, wow. uh, no knowledge of what to do other than jumping in and trusting the knowledge right and perfect knowledge would come to me if I and I had what it took to handle it that's the big part well I'm now I have a lot of friends who talk about the past that's the worst thing you can do that means you've given up Mm -hmm. if all you can do is talk about the past you're saying it's over why why is it over I have more wisdom intelligence uh, experiences knowledge than I ever had before. Why would I sit now and think it's over? Well, my book helps you to really understand the psychology of the intruder, the other self. That was not, see, so where did it come from? The 60,000 no's you heard from age two to five. Sure. 60,000 no's. The terrible tools are terrible on you. No, don't do that, honey. You're going to hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. The problem is when you're a small child, what you eventually come to the conclusion is something's wrong with me. 
Has to be. I can't do anything without hearing no. We don't know it's being set out of love or to teach us or to stop our parents from going crazy. We take it personally. And by age 11, the intruder has totally taken over our personality. That's why we get so zany in our teenage years. We have no clue who we are anymore. Wow, this is yeah, this is very fascinating, Rob. I, I'm just I'm sitting here listening. I saw one sentence that caught my eye in the prep work that I got for this. It says you'll be guided on a journey of subtracting what you assume is true about you, but isn't that uh, is an obvious reference to this intruder? But what are some steps we can take to start ditching that intruder? Well, and that's great. You, you caught that one. It, yeah. You know, growth is about subtraction, never addition. Okay. And the first thing I, in the maestro monologue, I introduce you to a simple conversation. The first thing you have to do is be aware of the intruder when it's taking over your emotions and your thoughts. Second thing you have to do is call an MD. That's right, call an MD, not a medical doctor, a marvelous denial. Oh. I say to myself when the intru- right now with this book, I say, this book is going to be huge. And then the intruder says, come on, you know how many books are out there now? And then I have to call an MD, a marvelous denial. I say right to myself, what is this, come on? What, are you, what is this trash talk you're giving yourself? This book yep. is going to be huge. You're going to do what it takes. The world's ready to support you. Let's let it happen. What is this? Come on. See, I call a marvelous denial. Then I recognize the truth about me. My God, I can be whatever I want to be. We're all possibilities for infinite possibility. If I'm declaring myself a BSBA, best-selling book author, at age 77, then so be it. I shall be one, and I shall do all I have to do to do it, and I, shall, I know that the world, you're like this one, uh, Doug, is a mirror, ever reflecting back to me what I'm projecting yeah. outwardly. Mm-hmm. I'm projecting yes to this. There will be so many everyday, ordinary, unassuming gurus, I call them, come my way and give me tips on what to do next. Folks like you who give me the opportunity to talk on the radio show. Then I have to spring into action. See, an affirmation is impotent. It's only possibility. You must act on it. Generate action that supports it. Act as though it's already so. Not it's going to be so. It's already so. I had a plaque made up. Maestro Monologue. BSBA. 2021-2022. Best-selling book author, BSBA. I have it in my office. It's already sold for me. Wow. And then I give gratitude. My God, let's not not let's not ever forget. Give gratitude mm-hmm. for all that life is here to give you, all that God is here to give you, all that everyone that you're willing to allow to give you will give you and give it to yourself. So I explain that in detail and and, and it's simple, it's fun, it's transformational. So where do we find this book, Rob? You have you've got me sold. I I'm in. I'm going to go find a copy of this book. I love your accent, by the way, from Texas. Here I am from Boston, the very opposite accent. <laughs> That's all right. I understood every word you said. I, I, do have, I do have to run. Where can we get the book? Okay, you, you can pre-order it now on Amazon, Kindle, and all other outlets where books are sold. Outstanding. It'll be released the 9921. All right. Rob, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. That's Rob White, the maestro monologue. Coming up next, we'll talk about hearing. Who doesn't need that around here? More 50-plus right after this. Life, like wine, improves with age. 
Pour yourself another glass of 50 plus with Doug Pike. Welcome back to 50 Plus, where a, a blanket across your knees this time of year, I guess, kind of says you've probably already done most of the cool and awesome things younger people only hope they'll live long enough to do. We will continue our exploration of positive affirmation and better lives with a discussion of burnout, some kind of some reasons you might feel mm, bad and some on the positive side, some some ways to reverse that, and we'll do that with a speaker, an incredibly positive person, an author of Head Trash, The Leading Killer of Human Potential, Rini Cavallari. Welcome to 50 Plus, Rini. Well, thank you, Doug. It's great to be here. Appreciate it. Say, goodness, we haven't had to look far during the past couple of years to find reasons to feel badly about the world, about ourselves, or about the future, have we? That is a true statement. It has been a, a really challenging time for so many of us, myself included. And the whole, the whole pile of it, even even though it's relatively important stuff, such as politics, climate change, COVID, unemployment, all these things, really, do, doesn't most of that stuff still fall under your heading of head trash? Well, it just depends how you take it in. Okay. Head trash, you know, head trash is those nasty, negative voices in our head that undermined us they suck our energy and you know they they really actually steal the quality of our life so if we experience them where they you know really feel negative and, and weigh us down then we'll have a different experience than someone who can find a way to look at things from a different perspective and it's not it, it's a really it, it's very easy to do you just have to know how to do it well, that yeah, you make it sound so easy, but I got a hunch it's just it's kind of like learning to play golf. It looks really easy on TV, but eh, maybe not so much, Rainy. So let's let's do this. Rather than serve up some one size fits all solution to deal with everything, maybe we can. You'll let me cherry pick a few of them, and you can give us some good thoughts on handling. Is that fair enough? That's okay. fantastic. Let's, let's, let's take a swing at this. Uh, Rini Cavallari on 50 Plus here. Let's start with social media. Nothing in history has been able to make most of us feel inadequate faster than clicking a few keys and seeing that every one of our friends is either on some fancy vacation or they got a promotion or they just tripped over a big pile of money or something. Social media's got its place, but how can we learn to pull the plug before it's doing more harm than good? Well, actually, part of what you want to do is proactively get yourself into what I refer to as the connected side of your emotional brain. So let me just step back, Doug, for a second. You have this emotional brain that's different than your physical brain. Like the physical brain is telling all your body parts what to do. It's the right brain, left brain thing. But I want you to think about your brain as, as an emotional brain. And there's the connected side of your emotional brain, which is where all the good stuff is, right? There's, you know, happiness. And, and when we're dealing with solving a problem, we're, we're looking at something from a positive light, collaboration, gratitude. It all lives on that connected side. On the other side of your brain is what we call the disconnected side. And that's where 
fear, worry, overwhelmment, um, envy, or, you know, things that kind of suck our energy and your head trash lives on that negative side. So first thing in the morning, when you go into that social media and it starts sucking all your energy, you know that this is a habit that doesn't serve you because it's sticking you, it's putting you into that disconnected side of your emotional brain. Now, if it brings you joy, then okay, do it because it's putting you on the connected side where you'll start your day off with just a lot of, you know, vitality, you'll feel great. But, you know, if you are looking at that social media, you know, I I have that thing where I, I just, I don't start my day with social media. I don't even start my day with certain news. Like I want to be listening to things that bring me um, positive energy and get me going versus the opposite. Yeah, you've got to you've got to make that choice, and you you bring up a fair point. If it does bring someone joy to look at all this stuff going on, and I kind of I have to look at Facebook because I have a lot of work related stuff that's going on there for a different show that I do, an outdoors show, and I like to see what's going on, so I have something to talk about over the weekend. But I also I also kind of know when to just turn it off and, and go back to doing other things. It's very hard though. Let's 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 talk about something else that's been a big part of our lives for what a year and a half two years now and that's covid whatever whatever side you're on regarding vaccines and vaccine mandates it's, it seems like half the country is going to be on the other side and the only thing people want to do is point fingers and yell is is coasted or covid kind of the the poster child for head trash right now i think it's really the epidemic of the pandemic i mean head trash has really come out of this pandemic in a big way because we see things from different perspectives. And and in the past, we were able to just really accept um, more of that you had a difference of opinion. But when it's impacting people in such personal ways, it's hard not to trigger your head trash. And so for me, when I feel like that negativity coming on, or I, I feel like I'm in this, um, you know, well, you should do it this way because I feel safe that way, or I don't believe this, whatever that is. Um, whether it's COVID or anything else, I have this one question I go to, and and this helps shift me out of the disconnected side where my head trash is about that. Because our head trash also makes us judgmental of people, right? Mm. That it, it puts us in that spot of to judge. And so to shift, the, your, the simplest way to shift is to look at the quality of the questions you're asking. So if you're asking a question like, who does this person think they are? you know, making this choice Mm -hmm. and whatever that choice is versus if you shift to who do I want to be right now? And for me, that decreases that emotional stress associated with that topic. It really does, doesn't it? So it decreases that. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I have some clarity. You see, when we have super high stress, which is where most of us are at, it's where burnout is coming from. It's our stress levels. When we can learn how to decrease our emotional stress, through shifting, and they're called shift questions, when we shift, then we gain clarity about who we want to be, and most importantly, what productive action we want to take. That's, that makes a lot of sense there. Rainy, doggone it, look at you. That that's really does. <laughs> it really does. It brings things into perspective. It just It's the way you, you, you look at something and the way you ask questions about it, and that's something that you can check on your own. If, if you're asking... What do they think they're trying to accomplish by this? That's that's judgmental. It's a little bit aggressive. And you can think, well, I wonder what I would do in that situation. That takes it to a totally different place, doesn't it? 
Yeah, it does because now you're serving yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because I can't control your choices. That's right. crazy. And uh, so, and I know that intellectually, but how can I serve myself? How can I put myself in a better space? And this doesn't mean that I can't still fight for what I believe in or, or work on the things that I think will be helpful. But, you know, I, I remember even on, you know, wherever you stand on January the 6th, Wherever you stand, I remember that watching the TV, it wasn't helping me. Right. And when I could say to myself, Doug, who do I want to be right now? Or another question at the time was, how can I, how can I help unify? That doesn't mean that I'm walking away or ignoring things, because right. denial does it. Denial lives in the, in the disconnected side of your emotional brain. Sure, yeah, it's got it to. Just, it just makes me think about a different action, yeah. right? When I'm thinking about, well, how can, I re- how can I reach out to people who are feeling so blank? Yeah, instead of what's wrong with those people, it's what can I do to bring both sides of us together? And that, once again, it takes you to a better place, doesn't it? Renee, Rene Cavallari, author of Head Trash, the leading killer of human potential with me on 50 Plus. Before we can get rid of our head trash and keep it away, don't we sort of need a place to put it? Where do we put this? It's there. Where well, the goal is <laughs> the goal is to dump it. Oh, boy. And so, um, what we've you know, I've been able to work with literally tens of thousands of people over the last twenty six years through my firm, um, powered by Aspire, and we really are like a we're an active lab. So we're working with people, whether they're you know they're you know leading companies or working in a company or they're a stay-at-home parent it doesn't really matter we work with all types of people and we were able to identify those who are really living from their personal power which means they're on the connected side of their emotional brain when they're living from that side we found three things that they do that allows them to shift from the disconnected side to the connected side. I need them kind the first, of, I want to hear yeah. them. I need them kind of quick. <laughs> okay. The first is to own it. You got to know okay. that that's triggering you. The second is to ask a different question. That's how you shift. It's those shift questions. Right. And then the third allows you to then move into productive action. That's the dumping it. So you got, you let it go through shifting your mindset because you feel the way you think. Own it, shift it, and move it. That's wonderful. Yeah, just dump that head trash. Head trash. Holy cow. I'm going to get rid of my head trash, I promise you. That's going to wrap it up for 50-plus this week. You batted cleanup this week, by the way, to go back to our baseball discussion earlier. Tell your friends about the show, if you will. I will be back. You can listen to the show on KTRH, KPRC, or iHeartRadio. I'll be back next week. Thank you, Rini Cavallari, so much. That was a fantastic discussion. Adios. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.